Welcome to this recording, visual episode of the e Yes, it's good to be live with you this morning, Mark. And um, yeah, in full effect video, this is a bit weird. Yeah, but loving it. I'm loving it too. You've got your uh, cool calm, new cool calm shirts that you've just released on. How did you even know that? I didn't I think you could see that, but yes, I it. do. Wow. I'm glad and you. Got... I'm glad you brought that up. Actually, well, this I like your shirt, but you know today is um, bloody Oz Music T-shirt day. Yes, I do know that. So um, I'm assuming you've got something in your in your wardrobe, surely. Jeez, I don't think I do. And does it have to be an Australian band, or can it be uh, like an nah. international band? No, it's actually very specifically Australian. Shit. I don't think I've got one Australian band T-shirt, which is pretty poor. Um, well, I don't know. I, was, I, I don't have a great deal, to be honest. Well, as you've seen, I'm wearing my own band's T-shirt, so I can't have that many. <laughs> yeah. Um, I can't even think of the last band shirt I owned. Um, I'm not a huge yeah. merch guy at concerts anyway. It's weird. I'd like to be, but it's always, I always forget or I'm too loose and yeah, just forget basically. <laughs> it's sort of the last thing I'm thinking of. I'm just trying to like get through the day and like bringing a shirt with me as well as like all the beers and whatever else is always hard, I find. Yep. And I th- yeah, yeah. I often, by the time I'm leaving a gig, I probably don't trust myself to hang on to those sorts of things anyway. So, there you go. But I actually do like your shirt. And is this one you've been doing with, with the girls lately? Well, I've, as I think we mentioned in the other part, I've tie-dyed every white shirt I own. And, right. Yeah, and I only own really white shirts. So... <laughs> okay. I'm tie-dye every day, like, uh... It's tie-dye life. Yeah, I actually just bought some tie-dye Air Maxes, which I was mentioning to you. Yeah, they're like a tie-dye print. Was that part of that, um, shall we say, accidental bulk purchase? Yeah, accidental sleep bulk purchase, so, um... Yeah. Yeah, I'm repping the tie-dye right now. I'm going to do the, as we were sort of saying earlier, oh, I've got a thorn on my shirt. Um, I'm going to do the reed pod shirts in tie-dye. Give them away. Love it, love it. Well, I was actually going to ask if maybe the girls could knock knock one up for me. Oh, definitely, mate. Yeah, because I'd like to possibly sport one on stage one of these days. Yeah, they're, Rapid. They're, the, they're all the rage. Um, yeah, 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 they are so in you, Nimbin. Yeah, in Nimbin and Byron Bay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so you've been so busy, that, you've got yep. the festival coming up, have you? Yep, not this weekend, next weekend, Queenscliff Music Fest, um, jams have been hectic, really good though, everything's sounding great. Um, it's going to be a hell of a weekend actually. Yeah, a lot of fun to be had. A bit of new music, too, coming out yep. for you guys. Yep. Yeah. yeah, we'll be releasing a new single around that time as well, um, in conjunction with the performance. 
So, yeah, check Spotify, check iTunes, The Cool Calm. It's all going to be up pretty soon. So, pretty exciting. Nice. That's wicked. <laughs> uh, we, we videoed uh, an episode of me and Bennett the other day. Yeah, and yeah. I had a bit of a listen. Sounded pretty good. It sounded good, but I was like this nonstop I, when I watched it. So I just yeah, yeah, yeah. I think you got to. Well, it'd be it. hard in the car. Like the car, <laughs> you you know, it get all over the shop. But yeah, in a stationary chair, it's obviously a bit different. Yeah, and in my office, uh, yeah, I'm trying to stay still and stay cool because it's so hot. Oh, yeah. It's actually good you've um, strategically positioned the cameras to miss all the nudie girls on your back wall that are there. That's oh, I know. It's like strategic a whole... of you. And my wife loves that. She just yeah. like, sort of really supports it. So all of yeah. the nudity over this way. Um, yeah, I know. So that's my wall. You, I still can't believe you, you can get away with it. It's amazing. M's great, though. And then directly behind me is my nude pics. Like yeah, because of me naked. Yeah, um, which initially in... I found weird, but over over the years I've sort of come to understand that a bit more. So yeah, good on you, man. You gotta feel yourself. That's absolutely self love, self worth. That's what it's all about. However, and you gotta do it. Exactly. So uh, exciting as always. Pod today. Um, yep. It's the Friday pot. I always feel good about the pot on Friday. Well, I feel exactly. good about Friday anyway, and then I feel good that we're doing a pod on the Friday. That's right, and we're kicking it kicking it off with um, sort of a remembrance of Stan Lee, who passed yes. away on Wednesday, I believe. Was it? Maybe earlier. Yeah, yeah, he did. Yeah. Um, huge, obviously a massive cultural icon. Um, I've come to learn in sort of recent years, you had a bit more of a, a love affair with comics um, than I had originally known. Is yeah, this to be true, or yeah, definitely. Um, yeah. And it's never something I've ever really thought about. Uh, I was when we were prepping for this episode, I was thinking when it all started, and probably when I was in about year five, I started collecting comics. Um, and then, and mostly they were Stan Lee titles, uh, the comics that I was collecting back then because obviously I was young and comic books as a kid for me really resonated to me with me for a number of reasons. Like I love the fantasy of it. Um, that's obviously the, the, the thing that, you know, draws most people to it, but I had trouble reading as a kid, and uh, I think comics uh, sort of bridged that gap for me a bit, looking back on it. Yeah, just like, so the not-so-text-heavy not stories sort of a thing, but still yeah. stories, that sort of concept, yeah. Definitely, like, um, I think maybe I was dyslexic or whatever else, or I am dyslexic, and I... Yeah, I'd never really... I didn't pick up reading properly until I was in high school where I could really get it. And yep. I feel like comics, the story, like the rich imagery and the art behind mm. comics um, just really, really got got me going. Um, I think it's interesting, man, yeah. Keep going. 
well, my old man always collected stuff too. And Big it was time, in the, yeah. yeah, and it was in the era of um, basketball card collecting. Yep, I was and, a, one of those people, yeah. Yeah. As we so all was, were, I'm sure. Exactly, so it was just like another add-on. Um, mm. Another add-on for me to that, really. Yeah, totally. I think it's interesting you, you spoke to the, like, sort of the fantasy of it and I guess the being able to escape the escapism possibly associated with the fantasy and comics and how that's probably been, well, that probably gave birth to, do you think, you know, what? like they talk about Superman being a response to the post-depression after the war and everything like that when everyone had lost hope and sort of creating characters as a way for society to, for, well, in that instance, to get through that depression, like some beacon of hope, I guess, for for the masses. But, um, yeah, so it's that, in that sense, like even from the get-go, it was about escapism and fantasy, I think. But that was probably, you know, more um, critical then, like as a survival mechanism almost. They needed yeah. that fantasy. And TV wasn't what it was back then as far as like it wasn't really uh the stories probably weren't what they were today 100 percent. like you're talking at the sort of dawn of comics or yeah the dawn of comics so like you look at when all of these were released like spider-man in 77 captain america 68 roughly um, Those were all later. I think Superman came out in like yeah, 1940 was... or something. Yeah. Something. Yeah. But um, yeah, it's yeah, it's just sort of speaking to that the need for that escapism and fantasy in in people's lives. I think, which continu- then continued on into the Marvel era era with um Stan Lee and whatnot. Well, one thing I wanted to ask you, and while we're talking about um, sort of like when we were kids and um. Hmm. comics and all that sort of influences. I remember your dad's salon fully with Phantom stuff. Yeah, man. Kit Walker, the ghost who walks. Yeah, so, like, tell us a bit about that. Like, how that that came to be and when he... So it was on Chevron, wasn't it? I'm so glad you remembered that. It hadn't occurred to me, yeah, that that was a part of my life growing up. Um... Yeah, on Chevron Island on the Gold Coast, there is, if anyone remembers that area, there was a a bright, super bright iridescent super bright. building um, in one of the streets there. And yeah, for most of my life, Dad always had, because um, the Phantoms, like, what do they call it? Their alter ego? Their normal oh, person? Well, yeah, yeah. Yeah, with, yeah like, was Kit Walker, like Peter yes. Parker sort of a thing. Yeah. So the Phantoms was Kit Walker, and I'm not sure how or why, but Dad just adopted that early on in his sort of a career. And I remember he'd always have Phantom comic books in all the salons that he ever had growing up. So as a kid, I'd just be loitering about, staying out of trouble, just reading these comics of the Phantom. Um, it was sick. And loved it. So, yeah, then laid up. Yes, good on you. Unreal. Is that, so is that, is that mint never open? Oh, no, it's just sort of, um, I've got to organise my comics, but 
It's just uh, I, I have them all in packages and things like that. Um, oh, yeah, cool. Yeah. Yeah, so then, and then later in life, yeah, that dad painted, for the listeners at home, dad had a massive, probably like two metre or three metre by three metre mural on the back of his wall in the salon. Are there that any was photos just, of that? There are, yeah, I'll have to, I'll have to dig up a couple. Mum's got, mum's got a few for sure. So yeah, that is a nice tie-in actually, and probably definitely my first experience with comics, yeah. Yeah, I remember it having the sickest feel. Yeah, it was cool as, eh? Yeah, it was a sick uh, salon to go into. I remember when um, Anthony Kiedis said just dyed all of his hair white. Like, you know how yeah, white, yeah. white hair? And do you remember yeah. I went in and asked your dad to do it for me? And uh, I just looked like such a kook with it. I just, it looked okay. Did you do it? Yeah, Did yeah. You know, I it was it? Pretty, pretty light already. Mine yeah. was light, but I wanted it that white look. Yeah, yeah. And um, I had it white for a bit, but I sort of looked like a girl because I was super skinny back then. You know, like I was <laughs> yeah, actually right. no, I was normal weight. Yeah, but yeah, um, yeah. I yeah, think no, we're all going amazing. through a bit of. Well, back then it was probably around the same time that me and Scotty Weber went black, like jet black. Yes, it was. Yeah, Pretty yeah. funny. So, so yeah, it's um, I guess it's that sort of escapism as a kid and. I guess kids don't really, my children are really into, like, oh, we go to Comic-Con and Supernova. Um, Do you? They love, yeah, definitely. And they love the dressing up and they love, I'm really passionate about the culture around comics. Um, yeah. Because I love to really, with my children especially, show them that you don't have to pigeonhole yourself in a culture. And the yeah. comic book culture is really about individualism and um, being yourself and just you create anything, any sort of world you want to create, um, you can in the, that comic book world. So I, I really, really love that. No, that's cool, man. Do you, do you think there's some similarities in that sense between people who are fans of comics and people who are fans of gaming and who get behind the gaming sort of cosplay, sort of that sort of scene, which I'd imagine there'd be a lot of crossover in audiences. Yeah, well, they merge them into the two sort of thing, I guess, now. Yeah, um, with as you, far yeah. As conventions, they sort of bring the gaming stuff in. It's yeah, weird, right. gaming with me, like, you've always sort of frothed on it and you've played a bit, like, over time. But I I've frothed, but yeah. No, but like you've you used I've, to love. I've ratted, FIFA. I've ratted FIFA and still do actually. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. So yeah. rat, yeah, rat or froth, you have done. Okay, true. Yeah, um, true. I haven't. I've played NBA, two uh, K, and stuff like that. But I haven't really got into the game. I don't understand the gaming stuff. I haven't had enough time to put into it. Yeah. But the comics stuff, I really love and. Without getting too far off Stanley, but when I was a teenager, I sort of got back into the comics with our good friend of the show, Dan Hayes, because he was an mm-hmm. illustrator, and we were into all that Clerks, Chasing Amy, more Big, big time. Who Stanley popped up in a couple of those, didn't he? Exactly. I'm sure. Yeah. Oh, he popped up in Mall Rats, definitely. Yeah. Um, those Mall are some Rats. Kevin Smith's films for the listeners at home. Yeah, so 
and all are worth watching. Definitely, if you haven't seen Mallrats, you need to you need to go out and see that straight away. Like crazy movie when you think about Mallrats, like the people that are in it. Yeah, oh yeah, ben true. Affleck, ben Affleck, um, Jason Lee, obviously. Obviously, one of the one of our. Uh, I love that guy, man. I wish he did more at the moment. Oh, he's so good. Uh, Shannon Doherty, the chick that was yeah. on Buff, um, nine hundred two. Yeah, I'm not. Was that yeah, it? Yeah, she was on that. Yeah. Um, uh, heaps of other people, but Jane Silent Bob, obviously, Jane popping Silent up Bob. again. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so. So, yeah, so that sort of... That actually sort of speaks to his influence on the culture and stuff, the fact that, you know, there was a series of films done that perpetually featured him, you know, as as sort of, yeah, such a... Well, he's like a hero in those films, really, wasn't he? Like, the characters looked up to him or... Was it? Def- yeah, oh, definitely. He's considered, like, a an idol for a lot of... A lot of creative people, I guess, in yeah. general. Yeah. Fully. One thing I wanted to ask you about, though, is with this whole Marvel and movie setup we have now, I feel like the franchise of Marvel has just been pillaged and sucked Definitely. dry. 100%. That's what Hollywood does, doesn't it? Yeah. And it's getting to the point they had a movie... Um, one of the, one of the ones that I want to show you, I've pulled out some of my comics next to my desk, but this is the original Iron Man, right? So, that's what he was called. Uh, it's part of this series, right? Like War Machine. And he, he appears in War Machine. Okay. Yeah. He appears in War Machine. So this is a comic from, I don't know when it was made. I'd say late nineties or something. But this mm-hmm. is how cool comics were, like, back in the day. This is still in its bag. So this is, like, this. we're getting full geeky, but it's pretty much mint condition. Um, and in this Can comic... Can I just st- stop you there, quickly? So if that's... Oh, you still pull it out, and then you put it back in, so... Still pull it out, sort of kept the bag. Okay, with it, yep, cool. In this comic, there came a special hologram sort of cell. That is so it. awesome, yep. Like that those is wicked. What are they cartoon. called? Lithographs or Yeah, I think that's it. Something. Yeah. So so this comic in particular is is an interesting one when you think of Stan Lee. So like this was the Iron Man sort of series back in the day and it was sick. So Iron Man versus War Machine and all that sort of stuff. And now we have these movies where they're combining all of these alternate realities that were yeah. in the Marvel Universe and just fucking combining them into just shit. And I find. Yeah, because I've heard a lot of it doesn't conceptually work if you actually look into it. And, is that right? It doesn't. And it's just... Yeah, it's just too much. Like, it's... it's for too, me it right sounds now, like, yeah. It, yeah. Too much money. I don't know how much the studios bought Marvel for or bought the rights for but like surely there comes a time creatively when you're like I've got enough money um, I don't need to ruin my artistic ruin legacy. the legacy yeah I know what you mean um, it's an interesting I, one for me I felt a similar thing 
like in the lead up to because I was a huge Transformers fan as a kid um, in the lead up to the Transformers films and how much of a letdown they were to a fan that was into the darker side. Yeah, buddy. I got a Transformers comic here. Issue one. <laughs> issue one? It's an issue one of like a series, but it's an issue oh, okay. one. This is a sick uh, comic the screen. This, the page is open, but yeah, anyway, go. Um, yeah, and just how they, I felt that they took the legacy of Transformers and just bubblegum the shit out of it and basically ruined it for me. So I've, I haven't watched another one after that first one. And by all accounts, I haven't missed too much. But, um, they had a choice there to, to really, um, you know, to really represent the story and the legacy of the Transformers, you know, both the darkness and the goodness. But for some reason, they just went in the bubble ground pop, pop route, which broke my heart. Like, it's the difference between using someone like potentially Christopher Nolan to direct it rather than Michael Bay. Imagine mm. what a different film that would have been. Like, like, like a sort of a Dark Knight, Batman Dark Knight sort of oh. elements of it in Transformers. That would have just been epic. I feel like they went very need for speedy on it. Like, you know, yeah. need for speed franchise. Like, sort of just like, we're going to make 10 of these guys. Let's yep. just fucking... And the people that like that super CGI um, stuff is, yeah, I don't know. Well, it's got to be it's got to be geared at the younger generations, sure. I mean, and that from makes sense from a business standpoint as well, I'm sure, but... It just does undermine the art and the legacy of the, the stories of these these things, you know? It's yeah, sad. it is sad. And obviously Hollywood got to a point where they're like, oh, we've ran out of ideas. Uh, we can't come up with anything new. Let's just steal every comic book idea under the sun and, um, and run with that. And it's that, and then just redoing old movies. That's all they do now, is redo yeah. older movies and make them worse than they were. They, you're right, there's no, there's very little new creative ideas coming out at present. Yeah, nothing. And what, um, that sort of draws me a little bit to, uh, so, uh, one of the comics I got here as well is, uh, is obviously the Daredevil comic which mm-hmm. was created by stanley yep um and there's a series on um i think on netflix which i started watching and i love daredevil i love the story behind daredevil um but as far as what it's turned into on netflix and th- it's just watered down and it's not nearly as good as what it was but yeah. the interesting thing with daredevil is one of the artists for Devil, Daredevil was uh, Frank Miller, who, as an adult, um, not as an adult, as he progress, he also wrote a comic called Sin City. Yeah. Have you ever seen the I, movie Sin City? I have, and I love that movie. To be okay, exactly. Mm. Me too. So, like, when I grew up and got as an and all this Marvel shit was going on and they were selling off the rights of Marvel, I started getting a full resurgence into comics. And things like Sin mm-hmm. City come, coming out helped my, 
my sort of spark my love affair for it again and I started yeah. discovering all of these older um like these comics made for adults which is a whole nother world and it yeah can. what do I call that is there a specific word adult no graphic novels is that sort of graphic novels I guess but they're still yeah. for me comics yeah um and the See, company yeah you go you go I was going to say, yeah, it seems like I'd never actually read uh, read the comic, but just the style that they did Sin City in, you know, that darkness, the edginess that so many of the good old comics sort of had to them, that was done really well in that film. And it was Wasn't received it? incredibly well. It was done amazingly, like really confronting shit too. Like yes. It's super cool, and it had an element of almost like you're watching a comic in motion because yeah, of the artistic things they incorporated into it. That was so real it, good. It tackles issues like pedophilia in the church and bloody how it impacts, like, um, how it's in government and all that sort of stuff. Like, it, it goes into some deep, disgusting topics. Yeah. Um, and the best thing I love about that sort of these like things like Sin City and with comics is the brutal revenge and like the full on, I don't know, yep. like it, it stirs emotion in you like like normal stuff really can't. Yeah, it might be primal emotions or something. Um, mm. I think that's, yeah, you, that's a good point. It's one of the things I think was a good mechanism of comics was to bring to light societal issues that had been censored by industry or censored by society, things that weren't necessarily okay to speak about, were written or themed into some of the comics, like big Mm. issues that should be spoken about, but just people couldn't broach it because of the stigma of talking about issues, was woven into the storylines of a lot of them. So So just... Yeah, so the um, importance of that bringing to light a lot of those issues in the early days is probably overlooked a lot. So true, man. That's that's spot on. And and talking about that in one of Stanley's um, bigger ones is Black Panther. Um, yeah. Did you go and see that? And I did. Did you go see the yeah. movie and? Yeah, I saw the movie. I hadn't seen the comic. Um, I saw the movie though and enjoyed it. Yes. Okay. I mean, it brings up a really um, interesting subject of there not being many African American or non-white um, comic book heroes. Uh, yeah, or female. Or female. I know they tried. But, I mean, that, in my opinion, rather than a racial issue, I feel like that was more of a a general issue that was happening, in like, generally in public at that time anyway. Like, I feel like it was a bigger issue than... I don't think the comic industry was really um, purposely not putting strong um, African-American leads or, or female leads. I think that was just, unfortunately, when Stan Lee and these people were operating, they just didn't do it. For what reasons? Well, in movies, in everything, like in literature. I just don't think it was... Are you saying they didn't do it because it wasn't done or it wasn't already out there? 
Or... I'm saying comics, I don't think, are the outlier when it comes to that. Of As leaving. In... Of yeah, yes, yes. no, not at all. Definitely, yeah, so definitely. I'm saying they're not like a standalone outlier. I, I feel like uh, that's just how it was. It was reflective of, reflective of the entertainment industry at large, I'd say. Yeah. yeah. So I'm just going through uh, the sort of Black Panther IMDb or whatever. And um, in 1992, when they were talking about, first talking about making the film about Black Panther, guess 92? They've been speaking yeah. to it. Right, okay. Guess who um, wanted to play it? What actor wanted to play Black Panther? And honestly, this would have been awesome. Samuel? Ooh, nah. Way tougher. Way tougher and more of a, well, just more like strong. Were you just about to say more of a badass? Yeah, I know. It's hard to say. Wesley Snipes. Oh! How would Wesley be in it? Oh. oh, I could have seen him pull that style? off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Damn, yeah. Love me some Wesley back in the day. Definitely. But in the end, the cast and that movie, I really enjoyed it. I went to it with my wife and she was sort of indifferent. Like she, she felt it. But maybe because it's based on the comic, I really, it really moved me. Like I, I love I'm going to be... Jordan in it. He's a great actor, eh? I'm a big fan of him. If I'm honest, there was something for me also that didn't connect. Um, I can't put my finger on it. I was there wanting to come out loving it, and mm. there was just something I might have missed. It might have been not having known the, the story of the comic itself or something. But, um, yeah, I didn't come away disappointed. I was just like, oh, I sort of, I sort of expected a little bit more, but yeah, and I know what you mean. I felt that in Black Klansman, actually, as well. Me too, Black... yeah. Yeah, yep. I came out of that feeling like I wanted more retribution. I can't think something of a better word. More. Like, yeah, 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 yeah. Or, or something where I, I feel like there's such bias and suppression in the film industry I don't know. I, I'm ready to see someone really blow the roof off it. I don't know. I need to be... I don't know. Off, like, the film industry generally right now. In general, yeah. Yeah, like, vanilla stuff that just scoot along the safe line. Like, it's Black... horrible, dude. I'm hanging, like... Like, Black Clansman, <laughs> where he had that stuff at the end. Spike Lee had that footage of the people running over the people at the um, Black Lives Matter, right... Um, Yep, yep. Marches and shit like that. Like, that's really where I saw the story. I, I really wanted to see, like, some sort of... Yeah, come up and it's like a... Yeah. I know what you mean. Yeah. Yeah, for me, I was really looking forward to that for, for a lot of reasons. The content, the director, everything. Mm. Just didn't, didn't hit for some reason again. But I've been finding this for years now with... Like, I struggle, like, you know, you want to go do something with the missus, you want to go see a movie. Mm. Like, it's so very rarely... And let's be honest, it's hard to do anything with the missus, want to do anything with the missus. Yeah, I know. Joe. You know, that came out wrong. You know, I know. You know when you want to, you know, you're just looking for something to do, and movie's always uh, a decent option, you know. Um, 
yeah. I've just struggled for basically the last five or six, seven, eight years. It's maybe one film a year that, if that, that piques if my interest that. properly. Yeah. And if it didn't that. used to be like this. Definitely not. I mean, and even with Netflix, like, I I was late on Netflix. Like, I don't, as we know, like, I've only just sort of started using Skype after you guys mm-hmm. done. Mm-hmm. Skype's been around for how many years. Like, wow, but, I know um, of us. But, yeah. but, but Netflix, like, um, I just circle through it. The only thing that's got me on Netflix is Ozark. Yeah, I watched that, yep. yeah. Yeah, I cool. thought that was good. Um, other than that, there's really not much that... Um, that blows me up, but uh, no, neither. Which is well, probably they... why they're digging into all these old comics. One, I, I think it's, and that has to be driven by. If you were to think about it, like by audiences, doesn't it? Like the artistic films over in historically have probably made less money. But there was a space for them in in the industry, do you know what I mean? I feel like it's gearing so much more towards needing to make money that the the space for the artistic stuff has just shrunk and shrunk and shrunk and shrunk till it's non existed anymore. And it's, it's just gone. all these bulk behemoths that, you know, cater to twelve to sixteen year olds sort of thing. Yep. I think you're right. Uh so it's like we actually as audiences needed to go out and see those artistic films more in order to let the people making them know that it's sustainable to make these kinds of films. So it's and sort of thing, an indictment on us. but Well, it's right. And the thing with art and music and everything right now is it's so easily tracked from a technolo- technological standpoint. So if you're not supporting it, the film houses can tell that you're not supporting it very quickly and they won't invest in it. I'm sure they can yep. see when you turn it off, when you start watching it, what, you know. Um, very good the point. Da- the data to, so if you're not, if we're not supporting it, um, yeah. It's, they know it's right away one. and they know in real time rather than it being less quantifiable the impact of a film. Do you know what I mean? So, like, yeah. back in the day, they wouldn't have numbers on how, you know, like that on on the independent sort of films or whatever. That's right. Yeah, and they'd yeah. let them run for a bit longer and they'd have different avenues, like out onto DVD and then um, things would develop a cult following through, you know, random avenues. You look at the Pulp Fiction days and like that sort of 90s era, era of video and DVD and all that. Pulp Fiction would never get made today, would it? I you know, don't think so. I was hearing Joni Hill interview the other day, and he was telling a lot of film executives said that they would never make Superbad due to the political incorrectness of it. Now? Now. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I, I so, could understand that. It's um, Yeah, it's a bit of a minefield out there for anything that goes anywhere close to being not PC. It's fucking stupid. It's horrible. It's gone. The pendulum is swinging too far the other way, you know? It's swung. It has swung. Um... Do you find that? Like, I think of it like that, like just the way society goes. Like, they go one way 
And then like, oh no, and then the reaction to whatever it is goes way too far the other way. And then it's just going to take way too long for the pendulum to end up where it should be. Do you know what I mean? And that's with a lot of things. Definitely. And you look at that with the Me Too movement, obviously, where people are getting fired when they're getting accused of things prior to any um, uh, any factual um, proven guilty um, criminal charges, which yeah. concerns me massively. And as a you know, someone that's owned businesses and things like that, I do wonder how I manage that. I know, I'm sure there's ways, but if it happened in my organisation where um, once someone's accused, obviously, um, you're expected to fire them, especially if they're in Hollywood or a sports yeah. star or someone else. You're expected to just distance yourself immediately from that person, whether there's the evidence is there, whether there's police charges or anything. And yeah. we... How do you come back from that? You can't... Once you've been accused, it you can't... It just doesn't ever, go away. It's yeah. never coming back, and there's no... There's no recourse on the person, really, that has done the accusing, obviously. Mm. So I think it was... If, yeah. Even if it's proven that there was no factual evidence to it, um, the recourse getting them back is, is minimal. Because the yeah, person's I, life's real. 100%. Life. 100%. And it's, a, it's an incredibly intricate conversation. Um, you know, it's, um, I think Gillian Triggs said something the other day, the former, was she our ambassador to the UN? The Australian ambassador to the UN? I'm not sure. She was the, human right, she was the head of the Human Rights Commission for Australia. The Australian Human Rights Commission president. Yeah. Gillian Triggs, she's no longer in there, but um, she was on Q and A the other night, and I've like, it's it's just a fucking tough one because there is this crazy, perhaps not made out to be as crazy toxic masculinity going around, but it does exist and it needs to be addressed. But there's also, as you de- as you described, um, a method whereby a man can be ruined regardless of evidence. She brought up the point that in all these cases. They should really be handled entirely in-house without... Do you know what I mean? So there shouldn't of be course. anything let out to anyone, even if it's in a company. Mm. Just anyone. It has to be dealt with between the pers- the accuser and the accused and a mediator of some description behind closed doors until the evidence of the situation comes to light. So, so what you've said right there is the issue of Me Too. Because yeah. Me Too is you putting a post on the internet. Yeah. You putting a post on the internet isn't going and reporting it, isn't telling your parents, isn't um, notifying the appropriate authorities. You putting it on the internet is... Is I irresponsible and... It loses its, its credibility to me. It loses. It does its, as well. Um, I think it, it's detrimental it, to the accuser, I would imagine. In those and instances. I mean, it's, it's like these girls that are taking photos of their asses with cellulite and they're like in a G-string and they've got an amazing ass, like, right? Mm. Like you look at it and it's incredible, right? Don't and, know what you're talking about, yeah. Okay, anyway, but, you know, um, and they'll be like, oh, here's a photo of my bottom, like, um, and it's got 
wrinkles or whatever else or cellulite. And they're trying to bring light to like body shaming by taking a photo of their ass and putting it on the internet when they know it looks good. Um, With, posting, yeah, 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 yeah. Doing a Me Too post and doing it and, and airing your laundry out on the internet is not the correct way to do it. And I understand that these sometimes in these people's cases they've um, tried the appropriate channels and they haven't worked, and I do get mm -hmm. that. Yep. But I just feel like the internet's not the answer. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, it's um, a tough one. Yeah. It's a totally tough one, but to circle back onto comics, if you're an adult, which most of you are, other than my children that listen to the pod, and they would have loved that um, butt conversation. Something oh. wrong with saying it. <laughs> bottom looks good, is it? I don't know. I like that you um, said bottom, too. It's, yeah, it's really bottom. funny. Yeah. Um, uh, if you're an adult, and you want to get into comics, right? As an adult, mm -hmm. I've got a comic series that should be your first comic series that you pick up and read. It's called 100 Bullets, this one, by Brian uh, Arizalo, I think, or Azarello. He's, he's won, like, famous comic book um, uh, uh, awards and all of that. Absolutely incredible. I think he wrote Transmetropolitan as well, which is another incredible um, sort of adult graphic novel, novel series. Um, if you if you like listen to this podcast and you're like, oh, I'm interested in fucking reading comics. I'm sick of reading shit about whatever you read about. Pick up 100 Bullets. There's so many series of it. Um, it's the best read you'll ever get. It's about revenge. Um, it's it's incredible. Uh, so that's what I recommend. That's a bloody good recommendation. I've just written it down. Learning learning stuff every day with you. Um, you with go. you know with you know with comics. Hmm. Um, this is going to sound silly because I know very little. But do you you just have to you have to order them physically, right? There's no like um, pirated copies online and shit. Honestly, there's very few pirated copies that you can find. I wondered if that's if that's a thing, yeah. I feel like that would be like so uh, viewed so badly uh, in the Man, industry. you're talking to a muso that is like has his music like music is dead now because of this very thing. Like I would far prefer to get an LP and listen to it. Yeah, but, I don't you know. I don't think there is but like anything that there, there could be. And that's a mm. really good question. But if you look at, if you go, if you follow comic books and if you, one of the good comic book houses at the moment is Icon. And if you look into what Icon do, basically um, they support um, self-publishing. So a lot of things are self-published, right? Oh, so, yeah. cool. So yes, you're on a label and they help you sell it, but they also promote self-publishing. Um, the money is so low for a, best-selling comics. Yeah. Unless you create... Oh, so, something no, no, like Say that again. Venom. Say that unless again. you... Sorry. Unless you create something like Venom, um, you're not going to be making money like Todd McFarlane um, and people like that who are at the top of their game. It's, it's purely for the love. Yeah, right. That's like that's like music now. Yeah, which you know what for me, as and we've talked about this to no end, but like 
as someone that sort of spent a lot of time trying to make money in business and not pursue an artistic sort of endeavors, I just feel like even if you're not making a lot of money doing creative endeavors and it's it's a slog, it's much better than settling to um, settling and just uh, um, Settling for the grind or whatever. Yeah, for the grind. Because yeah. the grind is always going to be there. Yeah. No, I, I, I can get behind that for sure. Yeah, it's, it's tough because the grass is always greener though as well. That's the other thing. Well, the corporate business world, it can look very appealing yeah. at a certain point in your life because you think, oh, that looks easy and comfy and I'm sick of putting in all the hard work. I'm tired of putting in this work to follow my artistic dreams because it's a fucking battle. Whereas yep. the corporate world is not as much, not nearly as much as a battle. It's fucking easy in comparison. Anyone can be the top accountant or the top lawyer or the top in Australia. Like it's not hard. Like you, there's millions of, there's hundreds of those spots, but to be doing what Amy Shark or, you know, like, you know, these people are doing, um, or an artist, it's, fucking like it's very difficult the long story. yeah it's difficult and there's so much just that's out of your control and luck is a big factor and all that but yeah yeah i can see what you're saying and so you feel there, there may be a a greater level of fulfillment going down the creative path anyway even if you're battling no question I'd be so upset if my children um, settled with just going to uni and straight away thought that they had to get, unless that's what they wanted to do. I mean, they both love animals yeah. and they think they want to be vets. So maybe that's what they'll do. Or, um, but it would upset me if uh, I've imprinted into them this cycle of nine to five work is, is a good life. I personally don't, from my experience, don't see the, the real benefits in that. Yeah, no, that's fair enough, man. Fair enough. But talking—that's a good segue to uh, to to our back end topic that we were going to follow language. I mean, yeah, 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 definitely. Um, so yeah, we've been looking. We've been, you know, we we do various things together. We've been looking lately at um some websites and whatnot, and it just sort of got us thinking, didn't it? About um, what got me thinking about. The culture of website squatting, its effect on potential businesses and wannabe entrepreneurs, and also its effect on the language at large. Um, so, how many how many are you squatting on at the moment, Reedy? <laughs> I'm probably squatting on about across a couple of accounts, maybe two hundred. Yeah. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Maybe 200 domains. Um, is this, is the, now, is the angle to get them set up and then just wait for that one person who actually hits you up and is like, mate, I'll give you five grand, I'll give you 10 grand, I'll give you a million for whatever it is. Well, how it sort of started is I started maybe years ago. I started buying like good names. So I owned one called goodlife.com.au, I think. Okay. Um, 
I own the good life. I own several ones similar to that, like love's great or life's good or fucking yeah, yeah, yeah. all sort of shit like that. And, um, I had people approach me for it and I sold it for a couple of thousand dollars. Um, and this was just the .com.au. You know, I sold that maybe back in, um, you know, years ago. And yeah. that got me interested in the whole, the space of it. And then I started with travels to the US and stuff like that and overseas. I started seeing companies overseas that were doing very well in, a, in, in the US but not so much well in Australia. So I would look to purchase their domain in Australia, their .com.au, prior to their launch out here. And then yeah. when they launch out here, they would approach me and I would hold them to ransom. <laughs> nice. So have you had a couple of wins doing it? I've, this pre-spiritual pre, pre journey and pre... Uh, 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 <laughs> Pre-tie-dye. Yeah, pre-tie-dye. Yeah, I've had a lot of wins. Um, yeah. I'm doing one at the moment, uh, which is could be big. Um, so, yeah, I, I've definitely I've, I've done well out of it. Um, not, we're not talking millions of dollars, but I'm talking. No, but yeah, so it's a, yeah. a nice side little side little game on the on the on the end. You got to be careful because governing laws now in Australia and in the US um, with domain ownership, sometimes owning the domain's not enough, and if you don't have the PTY LTD or the company registration to back it up, and you're just domain sitting. Sometimes there's grounds for that company to come in and take it. Um, Interesting. Yeah. yeah. So, do you go that extra mile then when you do it, or for big ones that I think are going to be big? Yeah, I do. Which is a real screw job. But um, <laughs> it's uh, we're being honest on this pod. Yeah, yeah. It's part of, part of the strategy as as it should be. It's part of the strategy, and we like to give the listeners winners. Uh, circling back to that yeah. winners. Uh, Melbourne Cup, if anyone listens oh, to our Melbourne mate. Cup, four from four, you would have been rolling in a few dollars. Uh, we're going to try to yeah, keep yeah. that up. That was quite something. Um, just just didn't get to the TAB that day. Pretty yeah. pretty devout I didn't. But yeah. Um, yeah, yeah they, those were good. Um, yes, but we're also talking like, okay, so that's cool. And I, there's obviously companies out there that are, are doing algorithms or whatever to come up with domains, you know, just possible domains that make sense in the English oh, language or just like outside letter, the English language. Like five domain soup or letter domain soup is one of them, I think. Just anything yeah. that's like in the English language, like it's so hard if you're starting something to find, like you'll base, basically you'll base your business name off what URLs you can get often. So it's well, changing the whole landscape of, of a lot of things. Do you know what I mean? Even from a design p- perspective and, like, when you're setting up a company and you're doing the visual rollout, like the design aesthetics for the brand, like having to get your URL but having to spell it differently because cause Mark Reed's got the actual spelling of what you wanted causes then, it's caused like this, you would have seen various brands that, for instance, drop out the vowels in the word or whatever. And look, it looks great, but um, 
you see that more and more and you have over the years and now it's to a point where it's really common to see stuff like that where it's become part of the of the fabric of us now just this alternate way of seeing words written almost it's a totally different language like you said isn't it like you look at so i just think of a couple apps i got on my phone like uber fiverr with two r's right yeah um that's it uh, so surely there's heaps. I can't. I can't think right now. But there's so many, and you think, yeah, even it is just weird, weird words that they come up with, like foodora and stuff, would have yeah. probably probably been created because they couldn't get foods on us or something. You know, weird words okay, so, are coming into the lexicon. It's interesting. So I've I've thought deeply about this topic. Mm-hmm. Do you? What if? domains became real estate yes so real estate obviously you've got places near the beach or places in certain areas are worth a lot of money and they just keep going up because they're worth a lot of money what if the internet continues in its current format for all of the next hundred years and domains essentially become the new real estate so the more you own, the better you own closer to things. It might end up full sentences end up being um, good gets. Like what if um, what if domains are, are really become like real estate? That's a good question like and interesting trademark. concept. Think about how hard it is to get a trademark. Right, so a trademark of your business name in the US. It is so fucking difficult to get something. I'm going through it right now. Um, it's so Why difficult is that? for something that because most people have registered freaking everything. Every so it's a similar thing to the domain sort of a thing. Exactly. So yeah, right. it gets to the point where. Um, so I, I, I'm happy to just uh, on that. Just on that. Um, it's sort of, I've always thought this weird, like, and hang on, what were you going to say? Were you going to say an add-on to that? Well, I was going to give an example of a few domains that I've been looking at purchasing, and I would like you to guess how much they were. Okay, do that. And then in the meantime, I was going to say, like, it's weird because it's, as you say, the framework of that happening is sort of based on our inability to think or to... You know, because there's .nets, there's dot, there's all these other things that aren't .coms, you know what I mean? But there's, exactly. a, there, there's a consumer perception thing with a .com right now, whereas yep. if we could get past that, it would open up a whole new world of things, you know what I mean? I own a heap of .coms, like I own like kevindurant.co, I own yeah. um, bostoncelticsco Right. Lots of dot, dot .co's for the hope of that happening. Um, yeah. And purely for the hope that maybe that will change. And I have seen slow changes in the market to where people are starting to jump on dot .co's, but not nearly as much as what they should. But the reason why we're looking at that is, like, you look at stuff like... So, have you heard of that clothing brand that Mac Miller wore called Don't Trip? No. Okay, so there's a clothing brand at Macmillan World, Don't Trip. I tried to find the clothing brand originally, and I couldn't find it. And then um, I tried to find their domain, and I found out it was for purchase. So I hit them up to see how much it was for the purchase. How much do you think Don't Trip 
would be to buy. Uh, well, I would. We I'm just going to go for a stab. Yeah, I'll put that in. Um, <laughs> I'm going to say six grand. No, so twenty four thousand. Right. Right. Yeah, then another one I was looking at for the podcast. I was thinking because we were always diving into deep subjects. Yeah. Uh, we're just always tackling the interesting stuff. Oh yeah. Deep, deepdives.com. Okay, yeah. deepdives.com. How much do you think deepdives.com was? Uh, 18. I think it's 28. Around 28. No. So, like, that's what you're dealing with, with two-word domains that don't even have an owner. Yeah. Um, I know. It's, it's, yeah, it's kind of ridiculous. But One of the, okay, see, a couple see, of... See, 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 so in that instance, if you're, say you're a, say it's not, say you're an actual diving company that does deep dives that, you know, that that's the one you want. It sums up your whole business. But instead you end up, um, you know, spelling it D-E-E-P-D-I-V-Z or something. Which in the end doesn't matter. It doesn't. And it becomes part of your branding if you do it right. And it becomes a differentiation. But, um. Yeah, it's just a little part of it now, isn't it? So I'll tell you an interesting one while we're on the topic of one that I do own is, um, you know, Puff Daddy's or Diddy's vodka company, Ciroc. I do, yeah. I own Ciroc.com.au. <laughs> so so Diddy, happy with Diddy, himself. Diddy, Diddy, shout out if you when you come out here. I want some free tickets. Bring the Benjamins. Bring the Benjamins. I want to be able to be making it rain in my <laughs> Reed Pod office. Okay. That's great. That's yeah, so I got I got ones like that. Um, Do you hear about those? Um, the times where like there was one recently where. It was very recently, within the last six months, where Google's domain lapsed, domain ownership yeah. lapsed, I and Old Mate that. bought it, and he had it for 20 minutes or something. That's quite yeah. insane, eh? But why would he sell it back to them? I I, just... I'd imagine Google might murder him if somehow, yeah, if he doesn't. <laughs> That's the sort of level they're playing on, I think. I think man, right. imagine, that, imagine the 20 minutes where he was like, I'd just be... shit, I own Google. I'd be just like, yeah. Or the domain, but yeah. Oh, no, and... you own Google. Google, you own it. Like, if yeah. you own Google, like, yes, they've got all that other shit. Just put a search engine, chuck Alta Vista's algorithm <laughs> behind it and slap yeah. Google on it. Like, it's, it's the same shit. The only thing Google are different is they're fucking evil and they're bloody spying on us and... That's the other stuff you'd have to build, but people don't go to Google to get spied on. No, no, not generally. They go to Google no. to search shit. I'll just get on yeah, the phone with Old Vista, yeah, and just be like, <laughs> "Yo, come back in the game." Actually, what are you? What are you guys up to, Old Vista? What are you doing? Look, we're not doing anything right now. You got anything for us? It's just actually, actually, I just bought Google. Yeah. It's just crickets. Um, At Old Vista, yeah, there's like a yeah. One of those um, things off The Simpsons that drinks water and hits the key. One of those drinking birds. 
that's all there is at AltaVista now. Just pressing well, enter on emails. Well, dude, you go into altavista.com and it goes to a blank page. Really? That was let's, the let's shit. Let's do a live domain search to see if we can buy altavista.com. Oh, that's a good idea. This will be an interesting exercise. It is taken. Damn it. I reckon someone's bought it. What about should the we off, Should oh, we hit them up and offer them a fiver? Yeah, well, the .com.au is already taken. What about, is there any other 90s, like, early domain startups that we can think of? What about... I just looked up Napster. Hey, LimeWire? Yeah. Uh, ICQ? ICQ! The <laughs> remember that? Yeah. Oh, my yeah. gosh. Yeah, so... um. Yeah, so it's an interesting topic. I think with everything that's happening in the internet, I personally believe, unfortunately for someone like me who's got 200 domains, I feel like we're going to see a different. I don't think. I think the internet will evolve. And yeah, I do too. What they are. I honestly do too. I can't see it. Um, I can't see it existing in this framework for too much longer. Because we're literally running out of words to use, and it's um, hindering industry, I think, in a way. So yeah. there'll be there'll be someone that figures it out, or like figures out the key to unlocking people's uh, consumer confidence with different dot whatevers. Well, it's moved to um, Instagram dot com slash don't you know your names? Like people are sitting on names in Instagram, okay. so. But the thing with Instagram, if you have the trademark of your business, they can make or instruct the person who owns the has the thing to pass it over to you. Right. You can claim right. it. So um, Instagram are, are changing, you know, with that sort of thing. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah, it's a definitely interesting space, and I wonder... I do wonder where it'll um, go, but honestly, after a couple of wines at the end of a night and you want to do something fun, <laughs> they're all coming go, to you. Jump on yeah. GoDaddy and they'll come to you. That's basically uh, what happened with me. <laughs> Love it. Uh, well, they're so cheap. Hey, they're so cheap. You might as well just fucking buy a few. Honestly, they're not cheap when you're buying too many. True. Well, that's another thing. Should they make them more expensive so that... It prohibits this sort of um, behaviour. Possibly. I mean, what I'd like to know is why does GoDaddy have the rights to them in the first place? Well, they don't because they resell on so many different places. You can get them anywhere. No, like, okay. So GoDaddy's just a reseller that gets a percentage of the total price yeah. and pays. Is that right? Yeah. Okay. Because um, I can get, for instance, the same... Same domain through Crazy Domains or any number of, of search engines that buy domains or the search engine in Squarespace will have present the same available domains yeah. sort of a thing. So wherever they're centralised, I'm not sure, yeah, how that works. I don't but know. From the who government? Who, uh, that's a bloody good question. I've thought about it heaps, mate. Who owns domains? Like, who, who are you buying them off? Domains. Like, honestly, yeah, who yeah. the fuck owns that shit? 
just goes to crazy. Domain registration. It doesn't come up. Who owns domain domains? Who owns the internet? Who owns... Fuck. Surely there's conspiracies there, but... The, um, that concept I've just never thought of. Who are we buying? Oh, it? I've thought of it heaps. Like, so GoDaddy and all those companies sell it. But who are they buying it off and how, how much do they get them? Who, how much does GoDaddy buy them for? And GoDaddy seemingly, seemingly has access to every single one. Well, everyone, every search engine does has, have access to every available domain. Well, who, yeah. Thinking music. Do, 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 do. Should I get my guitar? Hey, mate. Yeah, I can't find out who owns domain names, which tells me it's a fucking conspiracy. Yeah, me too. We should, um, we'll unpack that next time, maybe, eh? Yeah. Like, is it a singular government, or is it... Who is has it a, a country? Right? Is it who a country has, called Internet? Who, has, who the fuck has the rights to the original domain names? Like, say, you know... Is there one company out there that has bought every single iteration right. of anything that that's could be possible up to a certain, you know, length, and that's who we're buying it off? And, and whoever and if so, bought that, what, how was the biggest company in the world? Yeah, why don't we know about them? How, why aren't we allowed to tender for that? And many other questions. Shit. Let's dig we're into just, it for next week. We're knocking down doors here on the Reed Pod. So, Busting them down. So we might go live on the YouTube channel with this one. Might be our first yep. uh, live one. And yeah, cool. uh, which we're going to have, um, it's going to be at a domain which we'll link to, like a YouTube uh, link once we get that going. I'm going to do a three-way pod coming up. We just want to make sure it's all, we get all the technology. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. So, um, yeah, all, all exciting and lots of more tie-dye stories. Sod, yep, yep. Uh, Band shit going on. Yeah, check out cool Big stuff comes. coming as well. Yeah, very exciting. Have, so we've got some big we, guests. Yeah, we're not allowed, we're we're not allowed to announce the guests. But we can announce that we're getting guests, yes. Which is They may, they so may even be international guests. Exactly, which is just, um, yeah, we love you for listening and helping this thing grow. It's amazing. We're so grateful. For sure. Very grateful. Yeah. But you know um, what time it is? It's time to sign off. Yes. It's lunchtime. <laughs> it's lunchtime. <laughs> it's lunchtime. It's Friday. This will probably go up. Um, maybe not on a Friday, but um, yeah. Have a great weekend. Have a great day. Thanks for tuning yeah. in. Keep yep. Drink real. responsibly, and uh, we'll see you next time. This is my bell to ring that it's over. Bye bye. So much.